Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. You know, as much, if I could stay out here as long as possible, that would be spectacular. Come on. That gets a come on, really? Nice. Okay, hold on. I gotta preach now, people. Didn't they, didn't they do a great job with this? There are some amazing people at this church and they put a lot of time. Oh, we want to make sure to get a lot of like shine. <laughs> Just keep moving them lights around so that. Can you guys see okay? Are you all right? It's pretty bright, hey? Uh, you know, I was only going to wear the jacket and the shoes. And then my friend Katrina, last week while I was homesick with COVID watching online, she texts me a pair of pants from Amazon. <laughs> Here they are. This is going to be hard to transition into the word. Here's the deal. Wait, people are standing up to see the pants. Here they are. All right. Hey, I want to take a moment, though. I do want to brag on Hands of Hope. Uh, We have an incredible ministry. Those of you who are new here and you don't know what that is, Hands of Hope is an amazing outreach that that we have a warehouse full of furniture. And these guys, men and women, they go and they uh, meet the needs of people in our community. Some of them are coming out of homelessness. Some of them are uh, maybe coming out of an abusive marriage situation or whatever their situation may be. They, they find themselves in a place where they're getting into a place, but they don't have any furniture. And so every couple of weeks, uh, this ministry goes out. We've got trucks that will go load up furniture. They'll go deliver And today, right before church started, I went upstairs by my office and there were all these people sitting and they're eating pizza. And uh, and so I talked to them for a moment and they said, listen, we've been going since this morning. They did eight deliveries of furniture today. And they picked up from three households as well. And so, I mean, God is so good and so faithful that he continues to pour out what we need when we need it. And I was talking to Alan today for just a few moments, and he said that, uh, I believe it's in Sealy Lake, that there is one or two motels that have almost, some stuff is almost brand new, but they are going to donate it to us. And so there's going to be a day that's coming in the next few weeks. Yeah. And we need, we need help. So if that's something that you'd be willing to go help load that stuff up, um, we just, God is, again, just so faithful. There are so many times we get phone calls from just out of the blue because God is looking out for all of these families who are in need. And so uh, we would love to have you help with that. If that's something that you are interested in, you can stop back at the Welcome Center afterwards. And even if you just say, hey, I can't do it every weekend, but I would donate a weekend here or there, a day, a couple hours on a day, whatever that looks like for you, I know they could really use the help. And so we appreciate that. And we're just excited to see what God is doing. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, you know, I knew that this day was coming. (laughs) So a while ago, I was going to preach on Joseph in the coat of many colors. 
And I said, you know what? You better put that one aside for a little while because you're going to probably need it. And here we are. Uh, so I just want to tell you how, how proud I am of this church. We, we, we set forth a goal. We said, hey, we need to raise $50,000 to be able to do the stage the way that we need it. We're not 100% there yet. We've got some other stuff that we are still planning to do that, we, that is still in the works. But with all that money had come in, $54,000 came in uh, in order to make that happen. And so, yeah, give, give yourselves a round of applause. So with that, again, I just have learned something from you guys, and that is, if I humiliate myself, you'll give. So <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, so anyhow, we're going to talk for just a few moments about Joseph. And Joseph is the son of Jacob. It's the youngest son of Jacob. And, and he has an incredible story. If you don't know his story, I would encourage you to dive in and read more than what we're going to talk about tonight. But one of the things that it all pretty much started with a coat. And so Joseph is his dad's favorite. Now, a lot of times the youngest brother would be the least thought of. He'd be the one that, that most dads wouldn't think much about. They'd be the one we see it even with like David, David being the youngest. He was out with the, with the herds of sheep. He wasn't even thought about when the anointing was coming for who was going to be the king out of this household. But in this particular story, we see that Joseph is Jacob's youngest son, but he is his favorite. So much so that, that Joseph gets this coat and, and some translations will say a coat of many colors. Some will, will just, uh, Describe it in different ways, but in this time and in this place, in, in this era that they lived in, this would have been a quality fabric. It would have shown importance. So, so as he's given this coat, he is now wearing something that speaks to all of his friends and all of his family that he is somebody to be thought of of high importance. Now, in this story, Joseph knew that he was important to his dad, and I believe that he really liked it. Some, uh, some people would believe that he, he liked the favor, favoritism, and he probably, I don't know, how many, how many youngest siblings are in the room today? Okay, so, so you, all, you all know what you're like, right? You all understand, right? How many oldest siblings are in the room today? All right, solidarity, we got, I got you. The youngest is always the, the, the it's usually like in, in our culture now, they're the favorites, right? Uh, all the oldest said amen. The youngest act like they don't know, but you know, you know you're the favorites. And so Joseph was very good at, uh, he knew where he stood and he liked to, uh, he, I think he probably liked to rub that in a little bit to his brothers. And so we're going to look at this story for a few moments because there's a particular part of the story where Joseph has this dream. And um, in this dream, we're not going to dig too deep into that, but in this dream, he basically, uh, he, he realizes that one day his whole family is going to bow down to him. Now, I'm, I'm just going to let you know something right now. If you happen to have that dream at some point, probably don't go share that with your older brothers. So it's okay to be, enthousiastic, uh, be enthusiastic about a dream that you have. The beginning of a dream often generates more enthusiasm than it does wisdom. 
So we're going to talk a little bit about dreams today, and we're going to talk about God dreams in your life. But I want us to look at this story a little closer. Genesis chapter 37, verse 10 says this. This time he told the dream to his father as well as his brothers, but his father scolded him. What kind of a dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I, your brothers, actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dream meant. So his brothers obviously took this even worse. Here's the, the younger brother. He's already spoiled. He's, he's flaunting this coat that he has. He's favored. And so now he comes and he says, hey, listen, I had this dream. And in the dream, I'm going to rule over you. And you're going to bow one day before me. Now, as the story continues in, in verse 8, it says this. His brothers responded, so you think you'll be a king, do you? Do you actually think that you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way that he talked about them. So as we look at this story, we see that Joseph was a guy who was favored. He was not only favored by his dad, but he was favored by God. But he comes out right out and says, hey, the day's gonna come and you are gonna bow before me. That's what the dream said. Now, I want you to hear this from me because if you sit in this room or you're watching online, I want you to understand that as a child of the most high king, you are highly favored by God. The God of the universe sees you and he loves you and he has dreams and plans and desires for you. Just like Joseph saw this dream and he saw that God, that, that God had something bigger for him, so is true with you. But the way that Joseph handled it was not spectacular. He could have probably handled it a little bit different. So what happens is as they move forward in this, the brothers begin to scheme. They begin to say, listen, we're not a big fan of Joseph and all the things that are going on with him. So in Genesis chapter 37, verse 18, it says, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in a dis at a distance. As they approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father that a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. But when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to, jo came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, they said. Why should we shed our, any blood? Let's just throw him into an empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he He'll die without our laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So Joseph arrives and they rip the prize coat off of him and they throw him into the pit and the brothers sit down and they have a meal and, and they begin to pat themselves on the back because they've now taken care of the dreamer. Now, I want to stop here for a moment because I believe with all my heart, and if you've come to River for any amount of time, you know that we talk about dreams and we talk about God dreams. And you may sit in this room and maybe you've never heard us talk about that, but what I want you to hear from me is I believe, and I, I know it to be true, that God has created each and every one of us with a purpose in mind. He's designed you in such a way that he wants to do big things through you. And so he has big dreams for you. But as I look at this story, the problem is Joseph went and he shared his dreams with the wrong people. 
And out of that, they, these guys decided they were going to be the dream killer. Now, for some of you, I want to stop here for a moment because I believe that there are many of you that maybe sit in this room or maybe you're watching online or you're, you're at Star Valley and I hope you guys can still see me okay in Star Valley. You probably just open the door and see me from Star Valley. Um, but um, inside of that, Many of you, God's laid a dream in your heart, or maybe it's just something that you're passionate about, and you haven't even actually recognized it as being a God dream. But when you, when you begin to walk that out, you need to understand who are the people that are around you, and what are they saying about those dreams? Because it's amazing how many people that even family, people who love us, people who are close to us, our best friends, will oftentimes become dream killers in our lives. They'll be the ones that when you begin to speak about, hey, I feel like I'm gonna do this thing or I'm gonna start this ministry or I'm gonna be involved in this way and all of a sudden they'll begin to list all the reasons why that will never work for you. And I want us to be mindful of that because the enemy will use those closest to us. It can even be your spouse that will, that will speak things over you that will kill, try and kill a dream. But when we get to a place where we begin to understand that our heavenly father, just like Joseph's earthly father loved him, God loves you so much. And when we begin to lean into those dreams and begin to trust him even more, God will do so much more than we could ever ask or think. So his brothers sit down and they have this meal and then they see a caravan that's coming and they decide instead of killing him, they're gonna sell him into slavery. So in Genesis chapter 37, verse 30, uh, 31, then the brothers uh, killed a young goat and dipped Joseph's robe in its blood. They sent the beautiful robe to their father with a message. Look at what we found. Doesn't this robe belong to your son? Their father recognized it immediately. Yes, he said, it is my son's robe. A wild animal must have eaten him. Joseph has clearly been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes and dressed himself in burlap. He mourned deeply for his son uh, for a long time. His family all tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. I will go to my grave mourning my son. He would say, and then he would weep. Meanwhile, the Midianite traders arrived in Egypt where they sold Joseph to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was a captain of the palace guard. So I want us to look at this story for just a few moments because there's so much that we can learn as we understand the story of Joseph. Joseph is a son who is born and he's born favored. As a favored son, he gets all kinds of things. God gives him a dream. He, he speaks this dream. The dream killers come. They throw him in a pit. Then they sell him into slavery. Now he gets bought by somebody that is high up in the government. And so what I want you to understand is dreams are conceived long before they are achieved. The dream that he had, it would be very easy for him to go, you know what? That dream must not have been true. Because here I am, I'm not only are my, my brothers hate me, not only are they not bowing to me, but they, are, they have tried to kill me, they have now sold me into slavery, my life is horrific, nothing is going the way that I thought, and really at that moment, Joseph could have given up. But during this period, between the birth of the dream and the realization, there's always a process. This period is filled with doubts, adversity, changes, and surprises. 
Now, some of you may be listening to this today and you may find yourself where God has given you a dream and you have been just kind of sitting and no matter maybe what you've even tried to knock on some doors and nothing seems to be working. And so you find yourself discouraged and questioning. You begin to question the dream that God has for you. Can I just tell you right now, there are people in this house and people who are watching who God has given them a dream and they have walked it out and walked it out and walked it out. But I bet that there is not one testimony that I could give of somebody who God gave them a dream to let's say start a ministry and they just, they, you know, church was going on, worship was happening, God lays a dream on their heart, they walk out the door and they have everything that they need for that dream to happen. I've never once seen that happen, Right? There's a process that has to happen in between the dream being given to you and the reality of the dream coming true. And so as we look at this, the process that Joseph is walking through is super hard. During the process, you will experience good days and bad days. And frequently, you will be faced with a dilemma. Do I give up or do I go on? Without hesitation, I can give you the answer. Don't give up on the dream. Genesis 39, verse two, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything that he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything that he owned. From that day, Joseph was put in charge of the master's household and property. The Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All of the household's affair ran smoothly and the crops and livestock flourished. So the Lord was still with Joseph. I, I don't know about you, but there are definitely times in my life where I feel like I'm doing what God's asking me to do, but I feel like, man, I, it, it seems like you know, if I'm doing what God wants me to do and the dream is for someday for, for me to be standing and, and people are gonna bow to me because he's putting me in some place of authority, that there's no way that he would let me be thrown into a pit. There's no way he'd let me get sold into slavery. But can I tell you, in the pit, God is still with you. When you're sold into slavery, God is still with you. And Joseph continued to trust God, even through all of that. So as this story continues, we see that the Lord is with Joseph. He had favor. He, even though he was still a servant, our idea of the road to our dream looks a lot of times different than God's idea of the road to your dream. God does things a lot different. And part of the reason that he does it that way is because he's doing something in the process. He's teaching you something through the process. And that's tough for us to hear because we want the dream, we want it fulfilled, we want to move forward. But sometimes we sit in a pit. And sometimes we get, we got put in a place that we never thought we would be. But because Joseph continues to be faithful, he gets blessed by Potiphar. And the story continues, and Potiphar's wife takes an interest in Joseph. And so he refuses her advances and she then makes up a story and tells her husband that Joseph basically tried to rape her. So now, here's Joseph, again, 
he starts the story and he's a little naive in the way that he handles things, but he's really trying to do what he feels God is telling him to do. He ends up in a pit. He ends up being sold into slavery. He ends up in a house, but he ends up being favored in that house. And now all of a sudden, because he won't do what he knows he shouldn't do, he gets now accused of rape. And so in Genesis chapter 39, verse 19, it says this, Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained, but the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a, a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. So again, the story goes, he favored, dream, pit, slavery, favor, prison. Like again, if we're writing the story for ourselves, this is not what the story looks like. Right? There's none of us that would go, hey, you know what would be great right now is if I could earn my way to where life is a lot better for me, even though I'm still a servant, but it's getting too easy, so I think what I'd like is a little bit of prison time. <laughs> but the Bible says that the Lord was with him even in prison. Sometimes God's plans shouldn't involve pits, slavery, and prison, but they do. Sometimes we feel like they shouldn't, but they, but they do, and there's a reason for it. It's not the way we would want to do it, but it is the way that God did it in this story. Even when life made no sense, Joseph leaned in. He trusted God. And because of that, no matter where he was, the Bible says God showed him favor. Now, for you and I, we could define favor and say, hey, God, I'd like you to show me favor, and so I'd like you to let me out of prison, right? That seems like a good, that seems like a good idea, but God knew what he was doing. He kept Joseph there for just for the time that he needed to be there, but what you need to understand is develop yourself during the down times. When you suffer injustice or hard times, complaining doesn't do you any good, when people knock you down, the best thing you can do is allow it to make you better. So Joseph is in prison with some people. A couple of them were Pharaoh's former baker and his former chief cupbearer. And so during his time in prison, one, these guys end up having a dream. And so Joseph basically says, hey, this is what your dream means. It's like, God's telling me this is what your dream means. And so he's in prison and he's actually ministering to people. And he didn't do it for any reason. He wasn't like, hey, I'm gonna do this because someday I'll get paid back for it. No, he's in prison. These guys are probably not gonna make it out of prison. So he's doing it because he's serving where he is. See, sometimes we use excuses to not serve because we're in a hard season. We can make up reasons not to because, well, when I get to the other side of this hard season, then I'll serve. No, you serve where you are. You minister where you are. So if God has you happen to be in a prison, then minister in prison. If you're in a pit, 
Minister in the pit. If you're, wherever you are, you minister. Because that's how we get to a place where we are favored by God. The baker ends up in the store getting executed and the chief cupbearer gets restored to his position. So that's finally some good news. So Joseph may be thinking, oh, cool, he's back in the palace, so maybe he can say something. But the problem is, as the story goes, the cupbearer actually forgot about Joseph when he got back to his job. So again, oh, here's an opportunity, God. This guy's going back. He's gonna be, he's gonna be with the Pharaoh. He's gonna have opportunity to tell what a great guy I've been, and maybe I'll get out you know, on good behavior. And the cupbearer gets back into the palace and completely forgets about Joseph. Until sometime later when the Pharaoh had a dream that disturbed him. And so now we pick up in, in chapter 41, verse 9. It says this, finally, the king's chief cupbearer spoke up. Today I have been reminded uh, of my failure, he told the Pharaoh. Some time ago, you were angry with the chief baker and me, and you imprisoned us in the palace of the captain of the guard. One night, the chief baker and I each had a dream, and each dream had its own meaning. There was a young Hebrew man with us in prison who was a slave of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he told us each what the dreams meant. And everything happened just as he had predicted. I was restored to my position as cupbearer, and the chief baker was executed, impaled on a pole." So Pharaoh then calls on Joseph and he comes and he interprets the dream and then he's put into a position of great authority. So the boy from the pit becomes a prince in a palace. He becomes second in charge of the country. He's not even from that country. You understand what a miracle that is. So Joseph being faithful even when it's hard how many of you know it's easy to be faithful when you're in the palace? It's easy to be faithful when you're in your dad's house and he's taking good care of you. But are you faithful in the pit? Are you faithful in prison? Are you faithful when it's hard? Because it's in those moments that there's a refining that's taking place. That God is doing what he needs to do to prepare you for the dream that he has. You see, for Joseph, there's no way he could have ever gotten to the second highest position in all of Egypt just because of being, being Jacob's son. That never would have happened. There was a process that brought him to the dream being fulfilled, and it was not an easy process. It was a difficult process. We don't have time to tell the whole story here, but eventually Joseph's brothers come to Egypt to buy grain because there's a great famine in the land. And at first, they don't even recognize Joseph, who is now what they would call the governor of Egypt. And Joseph messes with them quite a bit. You can read about that if you want to in Genesis chapter 42 through 45. But eventually, he reveals who he is in Genesis 45, verse 3. It says this, I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. 
But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. Okay, I just want to stop here for a moment because this is very uncharacteristic of a young sibling. Uh, <laughs> like really in that moment, you wouldn't have at least taken a moment to pretend like you were going to like have them executed or something. He's very gracious, very gracious. No offense to the young siblings in the room. God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives, this famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of of you to keep you and your families alive and preserve many survivors. But it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of the entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt. This is an amazing story. And I think it's incredible for us to understand what exactly Joseph is saying here because he had in our minds, in in our human existence, if anybody had a right to be ticked off at his brothers, Joseph had a right. But Joseph walked this story out and he had good things and he had bad things and then he had good and then he had bad. But as he looks back, he goes, all of this needed to happen for me to be where I am. And even in that, he says, so that I could be here to save you and your families. That's an incredible testimony and it's incredible that he would even think that way. The dream that earlier enraged his brothers ended up saving them. I wanna encourage you, don't give up on your dream, even if it takes a long time to realize it. 23 years passed from the time Joseph had the dream until it was fulfilled. Some of us, we struggle if God gives us a dream and it doesn't happen in a week. 23 years. At some point in there, you'd think he'd have went, maybe I miss, maybe that wasn't my, for me. Maybe that, maybe God doesn't see me. I mean, I can't imagine going through all of that, being in prison, all of that stuff, and then just feeling like, and again, he's in prison long enough that the chief cupbearer was like, oh man, I totally forgot. Do you remember a while ago, King, when you put me in prison? I don't know if you remember that, it was so long ago, Right? So it was a long time. And Joseph just kept being faithful to where he was. You want God's big dream fulfilled in your life? Be faithful with what's in your hand today. With where he has you today. You may be in the middle of a give up or go on choice right now. Some of you, God's laid a dream on your heart and it has become increasingly more difficult than you thought it was going to be. And so you sit here today and you're struggling, like, how do I even do this? I don't know that I'll be able to see it through. Misunderstood by his family, that would have been a give up opportunity. Sold into slavery, that's a give up opportunity. Living in a strange country far away from home, that's a give up opportunity. Given favor in Potiphar's house, that's a go on opportunity. Wrongly accused by Potiphar's wife? That sounds like a give up to me. Thrown into prison? Give up. Put in charge of the prisoners? That makes you go on maybe. Forgotten about the chief butler? 
give up. Remained in prison for years, give up. Interpreted Pharaoh's dream, go on. Become the second in command of all of Egypt, that's a go on. So why didn't Joseph give up? After all, like many of us, he had more give-ups than he had go-ons. There's a lot of give-ups in his story. But at the end of the day, he put his hope and his faith and his trust in God. He said, I believe that God has shown this to me. I believe that God sees me. I believe that God loves me. Some of you sit here today and you don't feel seen by God. You're in the middle of it right now and you feel as though, where is God in the middle of my story? How is it that I am trying to be faithful, but yet I find myself continually in situations that make me feel like I should just give up? And I'm telling you today that it's in those moments that if you'll lean in and you'll say, God, I don't understand why this part of my story has to happen, but I'm trusting you and I'm giving it to you. And you watch how God will take you from a place that, that seems like it's impossible and he'll make something great come from it. Yeah, we can easily become super discouraged with the things that are happening in our lives. And maybe, it's, maybe it is something where you've got people in your life that are dream killers. You've got people in your life that even as you share, this is what's going on with me and this is, this, this is what I believe God wants me to do. I see that all the time where someone will come to, to myself or to Pastor Angela and say, hey, listen, I feel like God is showing me this thing and I really, I don't know how to even move forward in this. And the, and the thing that I love about this church is, is we say it all the time, but this, this is a place where the soil is fertile for dreams. Yeah, come on. Yeah. We, you will never come to us with a dream where we'll go, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> now, you may come with a dream that we're like, we're like, okay, we'll come alongside you and help you with that, right? But we're not gonna, God places a dream inside of you we know that our God is big enough to do incredible things. Amen. Joseph's dream was crazy. That's insane. Like, hey, I'm gonna go to my brothers and my dad and my mom. I'm gonna say, hey, I had a dream. You guys are gonna bow down before me one day. First of all, how, that's super arrogant and you shouldn't have said it that way probably. So they get torqued off and obviously we know how that plays out. But, but Joseph, even in the middle of all that where it got harder and harder and harder, he kept saying, God, I believe that was from you so I'm gonna keep walking this out. That is not the road that any of us would choose. And some of you sit here today and you know that God has laid something on your heart but it's, been, it's become increasingly more and more difficult for you to see how it could ever happen. I really feel even as I'm saying that, that there are some of you that are, that are in the later stages of your life and you feel like the time for dreaming is past. And I wanna tell you right now, that is absolutely not true. Amen. That's not true. If God has you here, it's for a reason. If you're here, there's a purpose. Amen. And I just, I, I love this story because we can see it in 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 a way that we would never be able to, to understand it unless we got to see the end of the story. For us, we get to hear it in 25 minutes and we're like, wow, that's really cool. But for, for over two decades, Joseph lived something out that seemed so impossible. So how? 
He put his hope and his trust in God each and every day. This, more, this evening, I want to just take a few moments and I want us to close our eyes because I believe that there are many within this room today that you have, God has given you a dream. He has shown you something that he wants you to accomplish. And if you're in the room and you'd say, man, I don't know that God has ever done that, then, then my, my ask of you tonight is in these last few moments as the worship team gets ready to come, they're going to just lead us in a little bit more worship but as they get ready to come up here, I would just encourage you, if you don't know what God's dream is for you, I want you to just start praying and saying, God, what are the dreams that you have for me? What is it that you wanna do in me and through me? Because I'm telling you right now, he has them for you. I think that there are some in here today that, that if you were honest, God's given you dreams and you've set them aside. Maybe, you, maybe you've talked yourselves out of them. Maybe someone in your life has talked you out of them. Maybe you felt as though it's impossible, it's never going to happen. There's no way I can ever have this dream come to reality. If it's a ministry that God laid on your heart, if it's, if it's a reconciliation with family members, whatever it is that God spoke to you, I want us to take some time tonight to go, God, if, if Joseph can believe you even when he's beaten and thrown into a pit, if Joseph can trust you through prison, if Joseph can trust you through being enslaved, then God, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you and I'm gonna believe that you have amazing things for me. So this evening, as we close this time together, I, I just wanna pray over each and every person that you would come to a place and to a realization that the God of the universe can show you favor even in the pit. He can show you favor even in prison. And he's walking you through some things because he wants you to get to the other side because the dream is there waiting for you. Heavenly Father, God, tonight, I just pray over all of those who are within the sound of my voice. God, for those who are watching in Star Valley and Alaska and God, those who are watching in Malawi. Father, others who are homesick and not able to be with us tonight. And God, for those who sit in this room, I pray, God, that you would. God, help us to trust you in the pit. Lord, I know that there isn't a person that's within the sound of my voice that you don't have a dream for. There isn't a person that's here that no matter how bad they've messed things up, no matter what their life has looked like up until this point. There's not one person, God, that you're not saying, I love them and I wanna do great things through them. So Father, I just pray, God, if, if we find ourselves in that part of our story where it seems hard and it seems like everything is pressing against us, that God, our faith would rise up tonight, that God, our hope in you would be, we'd become full. That God, we would understand that even if the story doesn't look the way we thought it was going to, that if we trust you, God, your favor will go with us. God, I pray against discouragement right now. For those who have been pushing and trying to do what they feel like you've asked them to do and it hasn't been working the way they thought it should work. God, I pray tonight they'd hear your voice. 
that God, as their dad, you would whisper in their ear tonight, keep going, don't stop, keep going. God, you are good and we love you. And Father, as we spend these last few moments just worshiping you, I pray God that you would reinvigorate your children, that you would give us the courage and the boldness to move forward, to trust you and to know that you are good and to know that you are in control. We give you all the praise tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand as we worship? Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.